0: We are deep in the TikTok world now.
1: Oh, have y'all both downloaded and are, and are viewing? No, 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 no,
0: no, 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 no. We just watch all the TikToks okay. we can find that aren't on TikTok. That's the problem.
1: I see. For anyone who's wondering, I have a Twitter where I post um, TikToks that not that I've created, but that cool, I've cool. sourced yes. from TikTok yes. that I think are good. And it's called TikToks from Sand.
0: Yeah. It's basically quality assurance for TikTok. You don't have to go through all of TikTok to get the good stuff. It's just all right, right there, which is perfect. That's exactly what Right. It. So every night for the last couple of weeks, yeah. we've just been like finding TikToks and just playing them on the TV for an hour. <laughs> it's
1: honestly, so. it is such a respite in this, in these it times. Really is. Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. All right, here we go.
0: You guys want to hear something neat?
1: It's showtime. Hold your ears. Here we go. See what you can do now. Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up.
0: Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy.
1: Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Feeling It. Each week on this show, we like to share what pieces of pop culture we're really feeling. Whatever show, movie, song, or tech we just can't get out of our heads. In addition to those picks, this week we'll be discussing the third film in our Ryan Johnson series, Looper. But before we get started with all of that, let's introduce ourselves. And when we do, let's answer the question, who would you cast to play an older version of yourself?
0: I'm Lucas Ride, designer from Chicago. And so it depends on how much older we're talking about. Sure, totally. (laughs) Totally. I would choose Andre Holland if we're only going like ten years older, um, but is he if we really have to go, only,
1: oh yes, okay, yeah, yeah, he's
0: only ten years older than us.
1: <laughs> I was That's thinking it. of is the guy from Brooklyn Nine Nine named Andre something?
0: Oh, Andre Brower. Brower. Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. I was like, yeah. he's
0: not ten years yeah. older. He than He is you. not ten years older than us. <laughs> um, but if if we're going like old enough to be your dad, which is like that that kind of older right. um i would go with um will smith is probably who i have to go with
1: sure sure <laughs> it's
0: my only uh, option
1: gotcha um well i'm sandra omsteads i'm a social media manager in nashville tennessee and this is someone i'm picking not because like i think we look alike because there aren't a lot you know like when you're looking at like especially body type in actresses that are older the 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 field starts to thin, you know, uh, there's not a lot of options, but in my dream version where she's like 25 years older and they make me look like her, you know what I mean? Like they did with, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> um, I would say Julia Roberts. Ah, nice. There yeah, you go. Easily Julia Roberts. Yeah. One can dream. So <laughs> <laughs> Lucas, before we talk more about Joseph Gordon-Levitt and who he looks like, um, what are you feeling this week?
0: Um, this week I am feeling a TV show by writer director Alex Garland. Um, Devs. This came out for FX for Hulu. So if you have Hulu, you can watch it there. This is basically about a computer engineer investigates um, um a secret division of her company, um, who which is run by Nick Offerman. Um, as a crazy tech billionaire genius kind of guy, um, I love this show. It's set in Silicon Valley. I lived and worked there for a long time. Um, it's very Silicon Valley, and I think gets at the heart of a lot of um, the problems with <laughs> the tech environment and everything. And it's also just a really interesting story. It it stars um, Sonia Mizuno. no Mizuno, Sonia Menu- Sonia Mizuno. I am woof Sonia Mizuno, Mizuno. Taking your what word for it. To say. <laughs> um who's been in every Alex Garland film she's in um what, I'll, now I'm trying to think of other films of Ex Machina Annihilation um Never Let Me Go um she, she in Never Let Me Go? she is in Never oh, actually I don't think she's in Never Let, Let Me Go she's in the one he's directed so Ex yeah. Machina Annihilation um she's always had like kind of smaller parts um and so this is kind of her first big starring role with one of his things um i think she does a really good job i think nick nick offerman is absolutely amazing in this show also allison pill is really good um i think it's 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 a quieter show um and yet has is very gritty lots of uh you know murder and killing and stuff like that but is um I just think such an interesting look at um, kind of the way tech genius billionaire people like see themselves and what that does to just the people around them. That's devs. It's on Hulu.
1: And you finished Have it. you seen
0: it? I did finish it. Yes. Yeah. I've seen it. No, the whole. you know,
1: I haven't seen it yet, Lucas. And I was so excited for it when I heard about it. Um, I'm a big time Alex Garland fan, but mm-hmm. You know, during this quarantine, I am like <laughs> resorting to comfort food in my entertainment options, yeah. you know, and it's really... This is I'm,
0: definitely not comfort food.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm finding it very difficult to watch new things and very and especially even dif- more more difficult to watch things that aren't super like heartwarming, you know, um, yeah. because yeah, it's like... I, I'm I'm stressed enough, you know. I don't need <laughs> that in my entertainment. Yeah. But definitely, this is something that I'm I'm really looking forward to, and I think I'll love. And so once I'm I'm in the right headspace to take it in, I I will definitely do that.
0: Definitely, um, I totally get it. It's very Alex Garlandy too. So like a love lot that. of like weird stilted dialogue stuff. A lot of just existential crisis thinking and just like it's it's out there and which which i i really love but uh it's not it's not a fun romp yeah uh what are you feeling this week
1: well speaking of comfort food i (laughs) have been in such a mood lately to just watch like teen comedies that i've already seen you know what i mean like yes stuff from my youth uh reminds me of a better time and this week um my household and i watched she's the man um which is the amanda (laughs) bynes movie um that is sort of a modern day adaptation of um oh what shakespeare play is it uh 12th no it's the one where there's gender swapping
0: right which I actually think is multiple Shakespeare
1: plays. Sure, probably. Um, um I want to say Twelfth Night.
0: Is it Twelfth? It is Twelfth Night. Yeah.
1: But, okay, yeah. It's, so it's a adaptation of Twelfth Night, which I'm also such a sucker for any teen comedy adaptation of like a Shakespeare play or a Jane Austen book. You know, um, yeah. I'm like, yeah, let's make t- let's make so many more of these. Um, so she's the man is like, it's an Amanda Bynes movie, which I have long believed that Amanda Bynes is this like tragic comedic genius that we lost that she could have been like the next Kristen Wiig or Melissa McCarthy if she had like been able to succeed in her path, you know, and not gone down like a sad path. Um. I think she's doing really For well. For clarification,
0: now. she's not dead. Yeah, no, she's it's, not. She's not
1: dead. And I think this
0: sounded doing... like a eulogy a little. No,
1: bit. No, no, it's not. She like I think had some drug and some mental health issues. Yeah. Um, but I think she's doing well now as a human being, not as an actress anymore. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think she had like this genius, like raw talent that she was also probably like you know um, taken advantage of. Like I, I think most of those child stars were burnt out pretty quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. But regardless, this movie is wacky and cheesy and like as a whole, you know, like probably not great, but she is so funny in this movie that there are so many moments that we were howling with laughter at her line deliveries um that it just made it such a fun fun thing to watch on a sunday night when you're like not looking forward to work the next morning and you're stuck in a house during a quarantine so <laughs> um yeah I, it, that's one of my comfort recommendations is like old amanda Bynes movies because they're just like the right amount of silly um it's also it was also really fun to see like baby channing tatum um yeah looks completely different and <laughs> really just see the start of what would be like a big career. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I haven't seen she's all that in a very, very long time. I remember absolutely nothing about it except for the the ending scene. Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll have to rewatch that at some point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say it has not great gender and sexual orientation politics that don't really hold up. <laughs> In 2020, um, I wouldn't say it's like super offensive, you know, like there's, I think a lot of standard, like gay panic jokes, you know, um, or comedic Mm -hmm. moments, but it's also not like blatantly homophobic, um, or (laughs) like, and, and it deals with, and the whole movie is about like sexism and about like women trying to, you know, prove themselves which is great. Um, but it, you know, it's just, it is fun. And it's also like, while it has like these moments of, excuse me, where, while it has these moments of like, like gay panic between guys and stuff. Um, it also is like this really interesting look at like, what would this movie be like if it was made today? What, from like a trans perspective, from a queer female perspective, um, It's just like very interesting to think of. Um, so that is what we are feeling, both comforting and like (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what very much not. Yeah, very much not. (laughs) Um, let's move on to our main topic, which is our Ryan Johnson series. So this is the third film in Ryan Johnson's filmography is Looper starring Joseph Gordon Levitt and Bruce Willis, a sci fi film, um, which is a genre that he hadn't tackled yet. He's just, you know, hopping genre to genre Um, and probably like the darkest of all of his entries, you know, Um,
0: definitely the darkest, (laughs)
1: Lucas, can you tell me about like, When you saw this for the first time and how you felt then.
0: So I saw this in theaters. Um, Nobody wanted to go see this movie with me. Um, And so I went and saw it by myself. And I got back, told Rebecca exactly what happened. And she was like, yeah, I never want to see that movie. (laughs) (laughs) And, um... So, so when we were rewatching it for this, I, I, I remembered that she had said that I, she did not remember that she had said that. So (laughs) last night I was like, I was like, are you sure you want to watch Looper? And she was like, yeah, it's fine. I've loved all of his other films. This is the only one I haven't seen. It's going to be great. And I was like, Uh. okay, it is a dark sci-fi movie. Um, are you sure you want it? And she's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do this. Um, so I have a graph of her interest in this movie throughout the timeline of this movie oh, that we goodness. can get into for spoilers.
1: <laughs> I can't wait! So excited for that.
0: <laughs> um, but how I felt about it was I I did really like it. I think uh, Ryan Johnson is just such a smart filmmaker. Um, I think there's so much about this movie that um could have really gone off the rails. Um, trying to be you know Blade Runner or 12 Monkeys or you know so many sci-fi references that you, a lot of I think sci-fi films just kind of line up with and just kind of follow that path um, and for a time travel film this really does very little time traveling <laughs> um, which I love I think it's just just enough to kind of get the premise in um, but not enough to completely confuse kind of what's going on um, I my big problem with this movie is Joseph Gordon Lovett I think the, the prosthetics um, do not help his, I mean, he's, he's already a, not a super emotive actor. And I just think the prosthetics, um, make it a little bit difficult here for him to look like Bruce Willis. I think Bruce Willis is phenomenal in this movie. I think he's really good. Um, and I think, I think their dynamic is, is, is really good. I, um, I don't want to go into too much of the spoilers here, but I, I had a lot of fun with this movie, even though it was Definitely the darkest and the grittiest movie that we've watched in the series so far.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, when I saw it in 2012, all I remember is that I loved it and that I made it my number three movie of the year in my top 10 list that year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I must have really loved it, you know? Um, Yeah. (laughs) And I was already a Ryan, I was a Ryan Johnson fan at that point, um, Mm -hmm. solely just because of seeing Brick. And... I was a big Joseph Gordon-Levitt fan. And I also think that that was probably a time where I really was appreciating, like, darkness in movies. Um,
0: (laughs) 2012. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But, and, and like, that makes a lot of sense, seeing as, like, where I was at in my life and where we were at in a country, and that, like, I was... I think I could appreciate darkness more in my movies because I was like in a happy place. Not that I'm like, you know, things are socially like bad now. Personally, I'm fine. But like, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. I was I was moving to a new city. Obama just got reelected. Like it was a, a, there was a lot of exciting hope in the air. And um, and so like darkness in films was something that was like a fun thing to settle into, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, first of all, I will say this, I do not believe is a very good movie to watch in today's climate. <laughs> um, yeah. it is very sad and it is a very bleak look at the near future, which becomes, feels very real right now. Um, so that was upsetting and, um, yeah, I just, I didn't leave this. Even though I'm not, this isn't the movie's fault. I will say I did not have a good time watching the movie right now, and I would not recommend it to anyone until like let's <laughs> get better in our country. Um, yeah, but like I said, that is not the movie's fault. And speaking about the movie as a whole, um, I found that I was f- picking out scenes where I thought, oh, this is the se- this is the sequence that made me fall in love with this movie, that made me be like, this movie is something really special. And then I was also picking out what about this movie, I think, doesn't work as much once you already know how the plot unfolds. And now that it doesn't work plot-wise, I think everything, you know, Ryan Johnson, I, I heard someone on a podcast today describe all of his movies as puzzles, that every, you know, that he loves to like, craft a puzzle that always, like, solves at the end. And Mm -hmm. the movie still works puzzle-wise. But on a rewatch, I didn't find it as satisfying um, when you know how it unplays, like, how it unfolds. Yeah. Unlike something like Knives Out, where even though I know how everything unfolds, it's still super satisfying to watch. Um, Right. Yeah. And so that was my experience with looper i think like you said bruce willis is really good in this he's really really good uh Mm -hmm. emily blunt is always amazing and so she continues to be very good in this um so yeah wowed by certain moments um ultimately not i think this is like his weakest film easily and uh upon rewatch yeah uh like we like you mentioned earlier there's it's hard to talk about this film without talking about spoilers because there's a lot to spoil. So do you want to dive right into spoilers or is there anything else you want to say about it before we move on?
0: I think we can dive right in.
1: Okay. Let's do it. Great.
0: Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Now, crack and gas.
1: Spoilers!
0: Remember, you wanted this.
1: First, I guess we should talk about casting and about Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis playing the same person 30 years apart.
0: I think there are better people you could I again, love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think the fact that he looks and acts and like there's nothing similar about him to Bruce Willis. Yeah. And so the kind of molding him into a Bruce Willis type person, I think is very difficult and is hard to get around in this movie. Um, I don't think it like completely throws the movie off or anything like that. But just like every time I look at him, I'm like, there's no way that he's the younger version of this. Like I I think it would have been even easier if they hadn't done any prosthetics or anything, if it was just Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Right. (laughs) Um, Right. um, But every time you look at him, he just looks not, not right. Like he looks yeah. incorrect <laughs> yeah so which i think that that threw me off a lot this this time through yeah
1: well and like the, with the paul dano character they just cast an older guy you know they yeah. didn't right you now um yeah yeah I, I think you're right i think when, when i saw this in 2012 i i found it like cool and now yeah. looking back it's um i don't think i had as negative an, a reaction as you did but i think you're right that like I probably the the movie probably would have felt so much more smooth and natural if they had just let Ghost- Joseph Gordon Levitt be himself.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think the like what I was getting was not a lot of emotion coming from Joseph Gordon Levitt throughout mm-hmm. the movie, and I think again, like I said before, like a lot of that is he's just not a super expressive actor. But I think he can he can get like everything he was feeling in this movie. I think you can get that across. I think it's super hard with Bruce Willis face on.
1: <laughs> well, and I also um, think. To be fair to him, I think that that's a lot of the character also, that this is like a character who's trying to be like a stoic, tough guy, but like deep down isn't, you know, just this is kind of random, but a joke in the movie that I completely forgot about, but man, did I think was pretty clever when I saw it again. And it's also just clever screenwriting in addition to being a clever joke. But um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, or when Bruce Willis is on the run and he sees a scar that says, has the arrow on his wrist. And you start to see be at, just like the other guy said, said something like be at this place at 11 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so we think that it's going to say be at a location. And he gets to the diner and it says Beatrix. So already that's clever. Like, okay, it's a name. It's not a be at and then when he says the joke that says you know there's another waitress that works here on the weekends her <laughs> name is jen jen <laughs> and, yeah <laughs> and Jessica so Gordon is like oh less letters
0: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> that really got me again
0: yeah i yeah i do think ugh, this is what i i love ryan johnson's jokes like yeah. his jokes are so good and not that they're missing from this, because I think like this isn't a film that needs a lot of jokes and right. it has good jokes when it does use them. Um, it just I, that's kind of what I want out of him is just more of those yeah, because <laughs> they are so good and so funny.
1: Right. But, um, another thing I just remembered that I was really impressed with was I forgot that Jeff Daniels is in this movie. Yes. And I and really liked great. him in this movie.
0: Yeah. Jeff Daniels is amazing at this movie. Yeah. For what little screen time he has, he uh, makes use of all of it.
1: Yeah. I, you know, Jeff Daniels is someone whose career I'm not super familiar with. Other than like watching the newsroom and really enjoying him in that. And Mm -hmm. after, you know, enjoying him in the newsroom and now seeing this, it really makes me want to like go back and check out his IMDb and see like what other movies is he sneakily, like, amazing in?
0: Yeah. I'm assuming you are not a Dumb and Dumber fan.
1: <laughs> I've never seen them. And, yeah, it oh, never okay. seemed like something I would be interested in. Yeah.
0: Those movies are not good, but Jeff Daniels does an amazing job at being that character. Sure. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> sure. Yeah.
1: I need a Jeff Daniels rom-com.
0: Mm. Yeah. I, I don't know if there are. I mean, I'm sure there's got to be.
1: Well, isn't he but... in that movie... I've never seen it, but like it's called Something Wild.
0: Something Wild? I don't know that movie. I'm
1: Googling it. Who else is in it? Yeah, Melanie Griffith and Jeff Daniels. Oh. It has like a very I'd iconic poster. Um, yeah. And it's Oh, in- yeah. Right.
0: I've seen that poster. Um, yeah, maybe you'll watch
1: <laughs> that. I feel like that's a, that's, that might be the exact thing I'm looking for. Um, yeah. Anyway, back to Looper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's great um, in Looper. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's great in Looper. <laughs> uh paul dano is great in looper Mm -hmm. um what's i think the
0: kid is great i don't know the kid but what's yeah what's that guy's
1: name who's he's in all the ryan johnson movies noah segan yes yes yeah um this is i
0: think his biggest role
1: totally yeah yeah um i mean he kind of gets to be the ultimate villain of the whole movie yeah yeah i really liked him in this movie and i i did really appreciate the world building the mm-hmm. the, you know, showing off the TK powers, showing like what the types of drugs look like, um, the streets and how kind of lawless they are, um, and and that was hard to watch. Like I said, I said, like I said, in this like time period, but mm-hmm. it still is like very cool world building. Um, if bleak, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: super bleak, right?
1: Um, yeah. Let me tell you about the scene that really, or the sequence, I should say, that really made me fall in love with this film and that I think holds up and I really love. And that is Bruce Willis telling the story to Joseph Gordon-Levitt about like Mm -hmm. how his life, or, or at least we see how his life turns out and how he meets this woman and his life turns around because of this woman. And when... And he explains to Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like, you're not worth, like, you don't deserve her. And she's going to, like, save you. Yeah. He's talking about himself, and he's ta- but he's talking to Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And um, that sequence is like, that could have been the whole movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This could have been a short film, and that's the climactic moment, and then the movie ends there. Um, yeah it was so good yeah I
0: think a lot of those kind of smaller scenes that are really powerful they keep changing what you think the movie is going to be yeah um, which is which is fun up to an extent I think when you're watching it the first time I think the second time through you're like oh man this is not <laughs> where this movie's going at all but wouldn't that be fun mm-hmm. um, but I, I yeah I agree I, I think that scene also um, the scene with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Emily Blunt, where she's uh, kind of laying in bed and kind of telling the story of her coming home to you know to find her kid um, after her sister dies. Mm. Like, there's just there's just a couple scenes in there that you're just like, man, this is really good. Like, like, like the characters in this movie are super solid for a um, for like a dark sci-fi movie. Like, yeah, it's really really well done there. Um, I think one of my big problems with it is that like you don't meet Emily Blunt's character until over halfway through this movie. Right. <laughs> She's not even introduced and it turns into her movie. Like, like by the end it's about her. Um, and I mean, Joseph Gordon-Levitz is still the, the main character, but I mean, the story is about her and I just, I, it, to me, it, I, I wanted more of that. And so getting through the first part of the movie is still good stuff, but I'm just like, all right, none of this matters. None of this matters. None of this matters.
1: I can, I'm I think I disagree with you, Lucas. I think I like that the movie shifts so much like halfway through and that we go from this like city landscape to like now we're out in the country and now we're focusing on a whole different character and and she's so arresting. I I, I don't mind when there's that like sudden change of pace. Back to Bruce Willis though, like the movie is so strong when he's introduced. When he comes into play and we see, first of all, we see how his life plays out, right? And then second of all, we see him trying to deal with his past and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like, fucking it up. And him having to, like, try to (laughs) fix all of Joseph Gordon-Levitt's mistakes, you know? And him, like, following him. That sequence is... And then there's the diner sequence, which he has that, like, mm-hmm. amazing monologue. So those, like, three sequences are so compelling. And Bruce Willis is so good in all of them, right? And then mm-hmm. after the diner, it, Bruce Willis doesn't really have anything to do. Like, he in the plot, he has something to do. He's, like, tracking people right. down. And and he has that really, like, devastating moment where he shoots the kid. and um, But emotionally and, like, performance-wise, all of his scenes are, like, not that interesting. Um, Yeah. They're just, like, moving the plot along. And so that was kind of a bummer that, like, he gets three in a row that are, like, so gripping, and then the rest of this movie is just waiting till the final showdown for him. I would have preferred if, like, if the pacing in that sense would have been a little bit more stretched out, and he would have had... Um, a fuller journey throughout the whole film yeah,
0: agreed because basically after the diner he just is the bad guy from there on out and that's just kind of generic bad guy yeah um, that they're trying to stop
1: yeah i mean he that's the the tricky thing is though he's not because we've fallen in love with him you know at least i did in those original sequences like he's not like a bad guy that you can even be rooting against you know you're kind of rooting for him because like he's such a sympathetic character, but then he also has like this really bangled, like fucked up mission. Um, The, I guess also like there's a, there's something that I don't think I noticed in the first movie that I really did notice this time was in the diner. Joseph Gordon-Levitt says to Bruce Willis, like show me the pic. show me her picture and I won't see her, you know, I'll turn the other way. Or, or then I won't, I'll, I'll make sure not to like fall in love with her. And then that's how you can save her. And Bruce Willis like won't yeah. do it. And that like, I guess reveals his true selfish nature, you know? Um, which was in the, which I couldn't let go of the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was just something that I really held emotionally this time versus when I watched it eight years ago. Um, And then I I guess I want to ask you. We can, we can, I guess this is kind of skipping ahead. But for me, watching this movie and knowing how it ends um, and knowing how like the puzzle is solved um, was, and also knowing like the story of the kid Mm -hmm. made the movie not as compelling during a rewatch. Did did, did it have that same effect? Yeah, definitely.
0: You, you like, knowing what happens makes... I, I think, again, makes the whole second half very slow because you're just kind of waiting mm-hmm. to get to that ending. Yes. Um, even though the kid is dynamic, Emily Blunt is great, um, I think because the plot just kind of stops for them to meet and, like, hang out and, like, so much exposition just kind of gets dropped um, all throughout this movie, but especially at the ending, just about, like, you know, his background and her background and... Um, and all this stuff and so you're just waiting for that ending um I think it could have been sped up I think
1: yeah also like I think the tension of like what's the deal with this kid is gone
0: yeah and it honestly I I I, I don't know if this is correct but I remember the first time through thinking well obviously this is the kid like this is the kid he's looking for like Mm -hmm. it's not gonna be the other kids (laughs) um right and so it just takes forever for uh for Joseph Gordon-Levitt to like figure it out that yeah this is this is the rainmaker um yeah but i do love the that, I, th- I think for me that's the hard part because i love everything that happens at the farmhouse <laughs> like all of it is just kind of really really yeah. cool it just really slows the plot down
1: also um, i think that ending that ending scene is so compelling mm-hmm. that eight years later it was really the only scene i remembered from the movie <laughs> like The whole movie I was watching and I kept like waiting for that scene. And it's the last scene of the whole movie, you know? Um, And my memory, it was so strong of like exactly how that last scene plays out. I think that's like a compliment to it that eight years later, I could remember exactly the line of dialogue that's used, the way the shots are. Um, But that clouded for me with the rest of the film. You know, it clouded the rest of the, watching the rest of the film for me. Yeah. Um, one thing that I had, am- I made up, though, that was not in the movie. Do you ever, like, add scenes to movies that aren't there in your memory? And then you watch them and you're like, huh, I thought that this was a whole scene. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's not in the movie. Nope. <laughs> <laughs>
0: huh.
1: Well, I had, I guess, added a whole scene in that ending sequence where, so you know how Joseph Gordon-Levitt says, like, I could see it all play out. Right. Um. And I guess in my imagination, I had added him... So, we do see a scene of the young boy on a train. Yeah. Um, and I guess in my imagination, I had added more scenes to that where the boy grows up and becomes the Rainmaker. And they're like, you know, vague right. scenes of like him enacting terror and stuff. Yeah. and but and, But like becoming an adult. And in my imagination i had cast lucas haas <laughs> as the older version of the boy oh man <laughs> and i was like okay i can't wait for lucas haas to make his <laughs> ryan johnson cameo
0: maybe the extended edition i don't know i
1: <laughs> just i don't know just like him in a black coat yeah lifting things people like cowering i don't know just like you know some sort of montage yeah,
0: yeah. i like it Anyway. I like it. Add it in. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Great.
1: <laughs> um, I what Here's what I loved about this movie back then and what I still loved. Is the overarching themes of this movie and ideas that who, your parents, who your parents are and how you're treated as a child really matters. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like played through in multiple situations about especially these young men who like were abandoned and then went on these destructive paths and how maybe things could be changed. If their child, if childhoods are improved, that maybe like our futures and our worlds can be improved. Um, I really liked that. Um, like, Stopping the cycle of abuse and violence mm-hmm. is like what that final scene is ultimately about, and I I I love that that's the message of the movie. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of what else I do. I appreciate what I appreciate about Ryan Johnson that this movie also does is that like he does commit to like these, I think, good, powerful, like emotional messages in his movies. Yes. Yeah. Um and this is and even though that this is like his bleakest and like most violent and darkest movie that he doesn't that he still has like this hopeful encouraging moral to the story. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think he's I mean again in the all of the last couple films that we've watched like he doubles down on theme. He takes a genre that usually doesn't mm-hmm. have, you know, very solid themes and he puts a very very intense theme in there and just carries it all the way through and i love it it's such such a it's such good writing um and even though this is a genre that normally i would not like i don't i don't love dark sci-fi movies um but Mm -hmm. i like this one a lot and i think there's so uh, i think all of it has to do with just says
1: the guy who just we just talked about all of Alex Garland's movies. True, 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 true. <laughs> his,
0: his are a different kind of dark sci-fi movie. <laughs> sure, sure.
1: Um,
0: I, but I, I do think that... I think Alex Garland kind of falls in this camp also where he digs right. into a theme. Like, he finds a theme and that's yes. what he wants to get out of this movie and communicate through, um, through these sci-fi themes. And so I think i think this is a very smart movie i think it's not my favorite of his mostly because of how uh dark and <laughs> and gory there's so much just blood on people's faces a lot um yeah. in this movie that i'm just like i don't need this <laughs> especially the kid yeah. when the kid's face is just covered in blood and I'm just Oof, like ah, come I on like this is too much <laughs>
1: yeah oh we also should reference um the chilling but also such creative scene where the old man version of Paul Dana oh, was on the ride. Yes. And he's losing fingers and then limbs. Yes. Um That that was the I other scene
0: that I was thinking about when like that I, I I again I didn't remember the plot of this movie well, but I was like, I remember the ending yeah. and I remember this guy getting chopped up slowly as he's trying Same. to make it to the
1: <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Those are the two scenes yes. <laughs> that you remember um and you know the first time i watched it i think it was more chilling obviously Mm -hmm. because i didn't know what was coming um because i think the first time i watched it the implication for me was like oh like if they're cutting off his fingers and limbs now but he's still alive that means this guy's Fut- Paul Dano's future and this guy's past means he's going to live the rest of his life yeah. without these yeah. body parts, you yeah. know. And it's the horror of that life lived, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, but then watching it this time, I didn't feel that as much. I felt like, well, if they're going to kill him anyway, why does he care? Like, if he doesn't have these bot, you know what I mean? Right? Because it's not like he's even. It's not even like it's even hurting him. Yeah. Because he's already healed. Yeah. But I guess he still doesn't want to live a life with no tongue and no limbs, yeah. and so he'd rather choose death over that um
0: yeah, I think based on I don't know based on the ending, why would you not just kill Paul Dano and then just get rid of <laughs> the guy <laughs> right or I guess it's I guess I guess it's but, just to not change the future like the guy still has to go back and i
1: think I think ultimately that's it is that like if you kill Paul Dano that could affect things in the future that they don't want to like, that they don't, that they don't even know if they don't want to mess with, you know? Um,
0: I also think chopping off his legs and arms also probably affects things in the future for him, but
1: that's true. (laughs) And this is where time travel movies, like we could do this all day. And another thing I appreciate about this movie is when Joseph Gordon levitt and Bruce Willis sit down and Joseph Gordon levitt has all these questions and he's like, look, we could do this for hours. We'll have charts and graphs. (laughs) And, and I appreciate a character in a time travel movie being like, don't think about it too hard. Like, just enjoy the story that I'm about to tell you. Because, right. Um, I also, watching it, I think watching it last time and watching this this time, another thing my imagination did is I kept expecting... So there's the the guy that Jeff Daniels plays. I kept expecting us to see a younger version of him. Yeah. Um. And I I think I kept expecting it to be the kid Noah Segan. Yeah. yeah. Um. And which is why like Jeff Daniels was like why why he's like so useless but is kept around mm-hmm. you know and um and why Jeff Daniels is so hard on him because it's right. like himself yeah <laughs> uh, that didn't play out yeah would have been cool though
0: yeah i think there's a lot to explore here in this world which i think is tons of fun um i also think that ryan johnson just seems really interested in the mechanics of like this hierarchy of people (laughs) of like jeff daniel's world and stuff like that and we don't even get into it he's just basically like yeah he got sent back to run the loopers but he also you know created this gang to run the city kind of a thing we're not even going to get into all that stuff um but it's just so interesting um, yeah. I also think that at some point, Ron Johnson's going to do a Western. I, I do think just like the way this movie plays out, there's so many just like Western things about it that yeah. I think is, it seems like stuff he's interested in. So I can't wait.
1: <laughs> well, he can get Daniel Craig in his accent to come on oh, oh, back. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs>
0: and...
1: <laughs> um, before we're done, Lucas, I want to hear about your tracking Rebecca's reaction. yes
0: so again knowing that this was going to be a tough movie (laughs) i was just like okay let's see let's see how this goes so right off the bat um she's interested in um i think it falls a little bit when she realizes what this movie is and like what joseph gordon levitt's job and um free time looks like (laughs) she was just like i'm I'm not that sequence of
1: them like Driving in the street where that one yeah. person like shoots a kid for stealing right. something, and it's <laughs> and then him
0: doing drugs and sitting in the club just kind of like hanging out, and it was just like I don't. Ugh. Yeah. So she started playing on her phone then. Um. So much less interested at that point. And then once she realized that Bruce right. Willis wasn't going to be in this movie for a while, <laughs> that it just tanked <laughs> just immediately. Um skyrocketed right back up when bruce willis showed up as soon as he showed up she was she was in for all of the bruce willis stuff and then once he kills that kid (laughs) that first kid she is a hundred percent out on this movie (laughs) so um but she was very interested in when, when emily blunt showed up that was a big that was a big uh a big high for her um, and then she again she was out when the, when bruce willis kill, kills the kid um and basically out for the rest of the movie until uh joseph gordon levitt kills himself at that point that was her most yeah. interested in this entire movie <laughs> um yeah. and i think yeah i think it just goes to, goes to show like that is such an interesting choice that everybody i think everybody responds to that especially um,
1: thinking like this character has been portrayed the entire movie as someone who is ultimately selfish. Like he'll he'll do things to help other people, but like ultimately what care, what he cares most about is his own survival and well-being. Be, well mm-hmm. And that like trumps all, you know. Yep. It is moving that that's like the ultimate end of the movie is that like he finally sees that like in order for things to get better he has to sacrifice yeah. himself
0: and I think the fact that it happens so quick like it it happens before yes. you realize that that's what's happening that that's what he's about to do um, right which I think is really
1: powerful yeah alright so. well um that was our third Ryan Johnson movie still loving him as a director yes. and We'll be back next week with more Ryan Johnson talk. Yes. All right, Lucas. Where can people find you on the internet?
0: You can find me everywhere at Lucas and Stuff.
1: You can find me on all social media platforms at Sandra Amstutz. My last name is spelled A M S T U T Z. See you next Goodbye. time. Bye, bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye Goodbye, Goodbye. Go
0: away. I'll see you soon. Okay. That's it. Go home. Yep. Moving along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people.